We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from Ascension Lutheran Church, where I serve as pastor in South St. Louis. And we welcome you to the very first episode of the year 2024 of Wrestling with the Basics. And and I have all kinds of resolutions. Uh, So the next few weeks, we'll be dealing with some of my New Year's resolutions. By the way, do you have any specific New Year's resolutions that you want to get out there right away, Matt? Or um, not really, John. No, I am. I am resolution free. I am pretty content with <laughs> how things are going. <laughs> so, so you resolve not to make resolutions then? I am resolving to make no resolutions uh, this year, go. but I am eager to hear about Pastor John's resolutions. Well, I think well my, we, we we likely all are. <laughs> my, my first resolution is I want to be more transparent this year. Oh, great! <laughs> okay. I'm sure our listeners are real thrilled about that one. <laughs> Well, well, here's the thing. Tell us what I, you I, really think about stuff, <laughs> Pastor John. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I, I think, I, and you will join me in this. I think we need to let people know that that most of what they get on wrestling with the basics uh, are, are leftovers. <laughs> okay, I mean, honestly, they're things that you or I have preached uh, at a given service, and now we're we're bringing it and sharing it with with our listeners. Uh, but but in this case, uh, you know, normally leftovers is, is not a good thing, right? You don't want leftover cake, you don't want leftover pastries, um, donuts. Uh, but but in the case of, of, of sermon material, actually leftover is better because it means we had a chance to try it out and polish it. That's right. And, and uh, I, I used to tell my we we started a Saturday night service about midway through my ministry. And I used to tell the, the Darmstadt people, because they were the Sunday morning, the early service at night, I said, you have really been blessed by the Saturday service, because now you're not getting the first shot. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> preached it. I've been able to get some of the bugs out of it before you get it. Yep, so, so, yep, yep, so, yep. We call so, our Saturday service the dress rehearsal here at Ascension. <laughs> exactly. That's what I've been talking about. So so dear people, be, be glad that you're not getting the beta version of this particular program. But you are getting the the, the 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 we've run it through and all the bugs are out of it. We hope. <laughs> yeah, and I I think you know some leftovers like you said are better, having been leftovers like chili yeah. that gets a little better oh, yeah. in the refrigerator yeah. a couple days. So we're we're kind of the chili of leftovers here in wrestling with the base. <laughs> That's right. It's the chili of Bible study here. Thank you, Matt. That's the perfect. That maybe would be our twenty twenty four slogan: the chili of Bible study. <laughs> perfect. Um, So what I want to do is actually a story that probably a lot of people have already heard if they were in church the last few weeks, but it is the story of Simeon, and and I always like it when I learn something new, and I've done this text, I don't know, probably a dozen times, and and yet again, I've had some new things that God revealed to me, not because, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and sends me a vision, but because I went back to the text and, and, and read the text again and found things in there that I had not found the first time around. So if you don't mind, Matt, would you like to read Luke chapter 2? 
I guess I should have told you this before, <laughs> so you could have <laughs> looked it up. Uh, starting with verse 25. Okay. It and just read, good. Re read through verse uh, 28, and then we'll get into the actual words of Simeon. Okay. Uh, 25 right. through 28. Great. Uh, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So, Matt, you, I know you've preached on this text many times. Anything that particular words, meanings that struck you in those opening verses? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that's interesting, righteous and devout man. You know, we have a couple other people in the scriptures that are described that way. I, Job, in particular, comes to mind in the Old Testament. Um, upright, um, you know, not, certainly not without sin, right, without fault. Now, that's only Jesus, but still, he is he's a righteous man who is waiting for uh, the consolation of Israel. Um, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting, too, uh, he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. Um, so the Lord's anointed one, the Lord's Messiah. That's that's what Christ means, is anointed one, Messiah. Uh, so he's someone who has this really special promise that's been made to him. And, and you know, man, I, I, I'm glad you bring that up because I think that actually defines what it means that he's righteous and devout. Uh, mm -hmm. It's interesting yeah. that the focus here isn't necessarily on his action, on what he what he has done in the past, the focus is on the fact that he has this special promise from God. Uh, the focus is on the fact he has the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is doing something very important, uh, but it's simply waiting. It's simply waiting for the consolation of Israel. And, and because of these three things, because of the Spirit, uh, because of the fact that uh, he has the special promise of God, and certainly because he's looking for the consolation, that's what makes him righteous and devout. Uh, so as Lutherans, we would say, see, it's not the works that make him righteous, but it is his faith that has made him righteous and devout before the Lord. Yeah. Um, the thing and that you... struck me is the word consolation. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but, do you know anything about consolation? Anything? Or, I mean, just thinking about synonyms for it, at least, you know, yeah. consolation, a, a comfort. Um, uh, um, a, uh, uh, you know, a hope, um, you know, to be consoled, to be comforted, you know, that this consolation, that's kind of interesting, uh, because it, it doesn't seem like that word comes up a whole lot in the New Testament, uh, but the consolation of Israel. So, so here's the thing, and, and boy, I'm glad you said that, because actually it does come up all the time, but, but for some reason the English doesn't translate it consolation. I have no idea. Um, it, it's interesting that the, what was the word you went to right away? What was the comfort? Synonym? Yeah, and and actually, this is the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit, the comforter. It, it, sure. Yeah, it's parakaleo, and yeah, I'm going to send you a comforter. Uh, and, and in fact, throughout the New Testament, okay, so here's what the word literally means. It literally means to call someone to come to your side, parakaleo, call them to your side, to to comfort you. And, and and so if you read through the Bible, you've got the sick. 
And they're constantly, well, usually see the word is implored, but really it's the same word we have here. They're, they're looking, they're calling for Jesus to console them. We, we have the leper, and the leper, again, he, he wants the consolation of Jesus. Uh, Jairus, whose daughter is ill unto death, he he calls for Jesus. He parakaleo, he wants his consolation. Uh, the blind men, uh, uh, his friends bring him, and they, they also... I know it's interesting there in the, the English it says begged, but it's the same word we have here. They're just calling to Jesus to come and console. Um, so here was my first thought uh, uh, as we do the leftovers. I, th- I think we now know how we got to come to church. And I think this is why some people don't get anything out of church, because we're not, we're, not, we're not looking for consolation. We need to come, and we need to know that we have needs, and that's why we're there. Jesus, we're here. Come to us now. Come beside us. Bring us this this comfort, as you said, Matt. I think that's why the Bible says that it's really hard for rich people to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, because most rich people, they don't need consolation. They don't need comfort. If they do, they got plenty of money to comfort them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Matt? No, I know. I think that's great. And, you know, like Simeon, we have the promise from God that he will deliver that comfort, right? So Simeon knew that within his lifetime, the Lord would deliver this comfort to him. It had been revealed to him. It's been revealed to us in the scripture that, yeah, when we do come to worship, like you said, we're going to be comforted. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Uh, The promise that he's with us in his word, with us in uh, the Lord's Supper, we know that he will show up. God will be there in his house to come alongside of us to give us comfort. And so we don't have to worry about that. Oh, should I go to church or not? Or, you know, am I going to be comforted there? No, yeah, you will be. The Lord will be by your side right there with you because he's promised it. So, yeah, so so when we come to church, this is what we know for sure. The consolation will be there. Holy Spirit will be there. Jesus will be there. Uh, and he will be there to comfort us in whatever our needs are. So then the second thing that struck me is what was the need that that uh, 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 Simeon was looking for? What is this consolation of Israel? Now, now I know what my needs are, and, and again, I, I would ask all of our listeners to pray for me. Uh, in, in just a week, I'm going to have to go have a, a heart uh, angiogram done. I've, I've flunked my heart stress test. Uh, I, I have heart disease, and I don't know how that's all going to end up. Uh, and of course, I, I I got all kinds of things that we could add to it. It's what happens when you get old, Matt. Old people like to talk about their illnesses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got some family things too that we need to be consoled. And, and let me just talk about anything in particular in your life right now that you you could need the consolation of the Lord. Oh, sure. I think we all we all could. Oh my goodness, you know, especially. Uh, the, the people you serve as a pastor, you know, mm-hmm. you you kind of bear their burdens along with them as a pastor, right? And, uh, you know, in particular, we have one of our um, seminary students, an EIIT student, you know, who's, who's uh, have some struggles right now as he prepares to be uh, a pastor, a pastor, a uh, Lutheran pastor, and he's from uh, Nepal, so exciting, oh, wow. you know, to raise wow. him up. But but also there's challenges, too, for the, the refugee life and the immigrant life. So, you know, that's been something that's been certainly in my heart. Uh, recently, too. So let's look at Simeon. What What is his need? What is the thing he's looking to find consolation? Uh, so we're going to read the, the, the famous Nuc Dementis, the now depart. Uh, it's part of uh, churches, liturgies, regardless of what your denomination might be. 
So if you wouldn't mind reading this beautiful word of Simeon, verses 29 through 32. Yeah. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So the problem is, is, is the English translation really doesn't catch the power of what Simeon says. I don't think it really catches the, 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 the need that Simeon has. Um, for one thing, it, it doesn't say, let your servant. Uh, it, it actually says, let your slave. Okay. Uh, and that actually is related to the next word, too. It doesn't actually just say depart. Uh, the word there in the Greek is the word for when you free a slave, uh, a nemesis, uh, emancipation, the emancipation mm-hmm. proclamation mm-hmm. we we think about from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so that that's the the sense here. Uh, Simeon sees himself as a slave, but but not anymore, not anymore. No man, I have been set free, and I'm going to be set free in peace. He says. The the most powerful word though that that is overlooked in this text is the first word Lord. Um, what, what in the Bible, when it uses the word Lord, what, what is, what is, what's it usually talking about, Matt? Yeah, especially in the Old Testament, and we think yeah. of Yahweh. You know, that's what's translated as Lord. And Yahweh is that personal name for God. Um, this is the only, uh, this, the one true God is the only one who goes by Yahweh, who goes by Lord. Um, you know, the other word is Elohim in, in the Hebrew, you know, God, and yep. sort of a yep. formal name, you know, Mr. God. <laughs> uh, but Yahweh is God's personal name. Uh, so when we hear about the Lord, we, we know it's it's the God of Israel. Uh, it's the God of of God's people today as baptized people. And and so so here's the irony, as you talk about it being the, the name of God. So so God said, do not take my name in vain. So So what did the Jews do? Well, they would not use the word Yahweh. <laughs> Yeah. They wouldn't use yeah, his would. name, uh, which you would think that's kind of misusing the name if you don't use the name. But but their idea was, well, we'll substitute another word. And so they substituted the word Adonai, which is the word Lord. Or in the, the uh, Greek, it would have been kyrios, which again is the mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. Lord. And in fact, it's I, I, I'm on several uh, Jewish mailing lists because they, they do. When, when, they, when they deal with the Bible, they have some really, really fine things to say. It's when they want to go beyond what the Scripture says that you get a little concerned. But it, it, to this day, they will, not, they will not spell out the word God, G-O-D. They will, they will put some other letter in the middle. Whether they will put a letter, they'll put like some, an asterisk or something like that, because we just can't use. And so you're right. So the convention was then, let's say, Lord. But here's where the English messes it up, because we're assuming then, what would we assume is the word that, that uh, 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 Simeon actually spoke when he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace? Well, in, in Greek, you know, kurios, yeah. like you said, which means Lord or Master. Yeah. Um, or if he, you know, we could also say Yahweh, uh, Lord. Yeah. So that's what we would have expected. Mm-hmm. That's what the English implies. And that's what really shocked me when I re- re- no, <laughs> that's not what that's not what Simeon says at all. Uh, and, and in fact, Luke knows that word earlier. You just read that he talked about seeing the the Lord's Christ, and there it is. There's that that Greek word kyrios. But the word that Simeon actually used is despotus, despotus, from which we get the word despot. And and what kind of Lord is a despot, Matt? Well, that. <laughs> 
<laughs> has more negative commentations, at least today, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but somebody who is uh, wields power and, and authority and, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, um, a dictator type uh, thoughts come to my mind. Oh, man, that's the perfect word, Matt. Thank you. A dictator. Because a despot is one who has absolute control. There are no checks on him. There is no executive branch. There is no law. He is the law. He is absolute and total control. In fact, it's interesting that the Greeks would not use that word for their leaders. Because, no, their leaders are not despots. Their leaders all have certain restrictions. No, that was the word they used for their barbarian king. See, those are despots. Uh, and so this is a shocking word, really, for for uh, um, Simeon to use of God to call him a despot. Um, and it's interesting if if you read through the Bible, that word is used not real frequently, but it is used, and it's usually used where Christians are calling upon God to put an end to the people who are persecuting them. Remember that verse in Revelation uh, where the, the, the saints are praying, how long are you going to let this go on, despot? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so yeah, usually it's referred when, when you want God to, to put the hammer down, as it were. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, that, that puzzles us, because why would Simeon be calling the Lord uh, despot? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just throwing it out to you, Matt, because obviously I've had a chance to think about it. But any any thoughts come off to the top of your head? Well, I mean, it does seem kind of um, this juxtaposition here. It seems almost, you know, contrary, right? He's despot, Lord. Yeah. Now you're letting your servant depart in peace. You know, yeah. would a despot let his servant, as you point out, slave even, you know, the, the Greek word there, depart in peace? It seems like they're contradictory. How can a despot give peace to someone? Oh, but Matt, man, oh my gosh, you, you've got me, you got me excited. So something's changed, isn't it? So he's not a despot anymore. Something has changed. So now is he a god of peace? That's how you can regard him, not as a despot. And of course, what is the thing that's changed? What is the thing that, that Simeon has seen? Well, the word's been fulfilled, right? And yep. in this this little forty day year old forty day old baby, uh, Jesus. Yeah, my eyes have seen your salvation. <laughs> okay, so I, I know you're not a despot anymore. In fact, I can walk away. I can leave here. I've been set free. I've been emancipated, and I have peace because I've seen the one who changes everything. And and it occurred to me this is why this is so important. I read an article in the National Review that suggested the reason people are leaving the Christian church is because they just can't believe it, that God is a God of love, that they look at all the stuff that's going around the world, Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. think, well, I don't know, I don't believe there can be a God of love, and why would he allow all of these things to happen? And and it occurred to me, Matt, that actually that's in the Christmas story, if you think about it. He he doesn't really seem like a God of love in the Christmas story. He does kind of seem like he's a despot. You know, he calls Mary, he says, I favor you, and what's the first thing that happens? Well, her husband wants to divorce her. (laughs) 
That doesn't sound like a good thing to me. And then when it's time for the baby to be born, there's no room for her in the end. So she has to have the baby in a barn. Again, that doesn't sound like a loving God to me. And then, of course, when things get settled, all of a sudden they have to pack up their bags in the middle of the night and run away because King Herod's going to kill all the two-year-old baby boys and younger. That doesn't sound like a God of love. And then, of course, at the end, what happens, Matt, is that this son of hers... He dies a horrible death at a young age. Who would ever say that was a loving thing? God does seem like a despot, doesn't he, Matt? When you put it that way, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It isn't. Um, yeah, it's rough, right? <laughs> you know, terrible things take place, and and you, yeah, you're left wondering. You know, if if that's all you're looking at, right? What you highlight and how you highlight highlight it. Yeah, yeah, it does seem. Like a despot. And, but, but and you Jesus, can see how someone from no, the outside ahead. looking yeah. in, right, could, yeah. could think that way. And and see, this is why I'm thinking, as, as Christians, we got to start working on our preaching and the message we're delivering to the world. Because somewhere along the line, we're not communicating to them the differences that Jesus has made. Uh, you know, Jesus said that no one comes to the Father but by me. And I understand that now. That if you don't have Jesus, God is a despot. That, that If you look at the world around you, I mean, he does some nice things. I'm not denying that. But in the end, he's just this ruler who's absolute controlled, and he just does some incredibly cruel things, it seems. But, but in Jesus, that, that, that is changed. Because when you know the gospel of Jesus, you know, first of all, is it God's problem that, that, that Joseph is going to divorce his wife? Is that because of God? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, he's uh, Joseph is trying to do what he thinks is best uh, in that case. Yeah, because Joseph is a sinner, and he doesn't trust people, and he assumes the worst of people, and he thinks people might be lying to him because he's probably lied to other people. But, of course, God is the one that straightens that out. See, God is the one who comes in and gives him a vision so he can understand, no, this woman loves you. She wasn't unfaithful to you. This is the Emmanuel. This is the Jesus who will save his people. It's not on God that, that, that no one would take her in on the night that the baby was born. That's on the people of Bethlehem. How hard-hearted could you be to, to turn aside a woman who's about to give birth? Uh, and Luther writes a beautiful sermon about this, Matt, and says, you know what, we wouldn't do that, would we, Matt? No way. We would have said, hmm. come on in, Mary Joseph. You can have my bed. I'll sleep on the couch. And then once Luther sets us up, he says, and that's because we know who the baby is. Yeah. But do we treat strangers any different? Isn't it true that we kind of turn our backs to them or give them just the minimum that we can give to them? Are we any different than the people in Bethlehem? And, of course, the whole thing with Herod, that's not on God. That's on Herod. He's just, he is a despot. And he's been followed by many other despots like Putin and Hamas and all of those. And then, finally, this business about Jesus suffering and dying at an early age, a horrible death, that, that's on the Jewish leaders who shouted, crucify him. That's on the corrupt Pilate who knew the guy was innocent but didn't raise a hand to deliver him. And then all of a sudden I was preaching, I was thinking, but, but wait a second, Matt, that is on God, isn't it? It was God's will that, that Jesus would die on the cross. And yeah. it was Jesus' will that he would die on the cross, right? He said, I'm not, I don't need any slaves. I don't need to be served. I've come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. 
And so in Jesus, we understand that, that that death on the cross was because God loves the world so that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. That the reason Jesus died on the cross is because he loves us and he wants to give us all the forgiveness we ever could use and need. And there is no greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Um, and so seeing Jesus then, Matt, it, it all changes. And now we know, no, he's not a despot at all. That's what that's what Simeon's saying. He's not a despot for me anymore. As you pointed out, I, I can leave now. I've been set free because I have a God of peace. Well, there you had my sermon, Matt. <laughs> that, that, yeah. By the way, that way, I didn't get to preach because we got <laughs> snowed out. <laughs> oh. We got snowed out. Um, but I, I'll, I'll leave the rest of the time for you to, to react to that, respond to that, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Well, no, thanks for sharing, John. I'm, I'm glad you had to share that here on Wrestling the Basics yeah, with our listeners and with me, too. Um, yeah, it does. It You know, God is not a, a despot. And, and like you pointed out, the reason what changes that is is Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you can look at, if you take Jesus out of, <laughs> out of the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, and it does seem like God is this, you know, even just go back all the way to Adam and Eve, right? This God oh, who, yeah. uh, you know, uh, kind of it looks like he almost sets Adam and Eve up, and then either kicked out of the garden, and and there, there's pain and childbearing, and there's there's toil in your work. Uh, if if that's all there is, oh my goodness, this God's a despot, right? Uh, we're in trouble. But. In the midst of all that is the promise of a savior, right? Someone to save yeah. Adam and Eve and, and all their descendants, and that one is going to defeat Satan for them and for us. So if apart from Jesus, though, boy, it's it's terrible. The the Bible's not even worth reading. I mean, it's terrible. It would be terrifying. Uh, but when it's in light of Jesus Christ, uh, the one promised in the Old Testament, the one fulfilled in the New Testament, well, then now it's a book of peace. And, and yep. like like Simeon, we too can say, oh, Lord, <laughs> you're letting your servant depart in peace. You know, just as God reveals the Savior to Simeon every time he reveals the Savior to us through the word, through preaching, uh, through the sacrament, oh, now we too can depart in peace. Uh, and, and, and I think that's why we, we use this uh, around communion. And, and because here's yeah. the thing, you know, Simeon just sees a baby. We, we got to remember that he sees a baby. I, 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 it tickles me to think that maybe that baby puked up on Simeon, right? He's holding the baby in his arm. Babies do that, or at or, least dirty his diaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here, Mary, maybe you better take the baby back. Uh, uh, certainly, the baby's probably crying. Uh, but but see, he had that word, like you said, that Holy Spirit. No, this is no ordinary baby. This is the thing you've been waiting for. This is the consolation. This is the one that you knew was promised, and now he's here, and now everything's changed. Uh, and, and so that's what we go to the supper, uh, go to the Lord, and, and we don't see anything special there. It just looks like bread and wine. But I hope our people, uh, everyone listening to us remembers, you have this beautiful word of the Holy Spirit that says, no, this is the body that was given for you. This is the blood that was shed for you. This is the forgiveness of sins. And so, yeah, we, we can depart in peace then, can't we? Uh, not, not necessarily a, a feeling of peace, because I'm still worried about going in and having my angiogram done. But to know that we really are at peace with God. He's not fighting us anymore. He's not a despot. He's our ally. He's our father. And uh, uh, therefore, if God be for you, who can be against you? 
Matt, you got you got ten seconds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Depart in peace from worship, but even depart in peace from this life, right? To be with the Lord forever in His presence. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus. Well, we hope that this has been helpful to those people who do need consolation and comfort. And this has been wrestling with the basics.